Welcome to The Family Room, sponsored by Versprite, where we offer hope, encouragement, and wisdom centered on biblical truth and Catholic teaching, because God's kingdom begins at home. Now welcome your hosts, Mari, John, and Craig, right here on AM 1160, The Quest, your Atlanta Catholic Radio. Welcome into the family room. I am Mari. I'm here with one of my co-hosts, Craig. Hey, Craig. Hey, Mari. You know, it's kind of like our family room during the summer. Is this how your family room is? People are in and out. And today we happen to be missing John. He just did not. He's not in the family room today. Uh, uh, Sometimes uh, with my family's age, they are on vacations with other people or they've said, you know what, we're going to go hang out at the pool. I think John's hanging out at his pool trying to stay nice and cool today. So... (laughs) <laughs> I doubt that. John's working really hard, but I do know what you mean. Sometimes I'm like, I want my kid's life. They have a great, great summer plans. 100%. 100%. So today we have got um, a pretty serious topic, but we have with us a woman who brings so much joy and hope into this topic that it just is so encouraging. We're going to be talking about the choice to choose life. And this topic is so important for us especially with the impending reversal of Roe v. Wade, praise Jesus. And um, we are praying for that really hard, but there is a lot of work to be done and a lot of opportunities to serve mothers and to serve families who choose to parent their children and who will choose to parent their children. And so we have got with us Kathy Schneider, and we are so excited to be able to introduce her to you in just a minute with more details. But why don't we first start by opening with prayer? Craig, could you start us with prayer? Uh, Absolutely. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you, as always, for our time together. We thank you for bringing truth. We thank you for bringing wisdom. We thank you for bringing guidance in everything that we do, because wherever two or more are gathered in your name, there you are in their midst. And we know you're here with us on the radio. We know you're with our listeners. And in this topic, Lord God, of, of life, We just ask you to continue to bring truth, but more importantly, bring healing, bring joy, and bring hope to all of those who are either going through uh, some of the struggles we're going to talk about or the people that have already gone through the struggles, and help us to bring glory to you through our always choosing life and choosing to make decisions for you based on your wisdom and knowledge. And we just offer this show in Jesus' holy name. And the name of St. John Paul II as well, who was one of our patrons. And we just pray everything again in Jesus' name with Mary's intercession. Amen. Amen. Holy Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Craig. So, Kathy, welcome into the family room. Thank you. It's great to be here. We are so glad to have you. And Kathy is a wife. She's a mother. She's also a grandmother. And um, you're a nurse and a leader in so many aspects of pro-life. I know currently your role is as the leader of the St. Bridget Respect Life Ministry. Um, And I know you as a personal friend and an amazing pro-life crusader. I've gotten to stand next to you on the sidewalk and just watch as you've poured just love and um, encouragement into so many people's lives. So people oftentimes say, well, how did you even get involved in something like that? Can you just introduce yourself a little bit more and tell us about your own journey and what brought you into the pro-life movement? Yes. Um, So again, thanks for having me. And listeners, I hope when you listen to this, 
Roe versus Wade has already been overturned. Yes. Yes, yeah. it very well could be by next week when you hear this. So um, I grew up in Louisville, Kentucky, and I went uh, at our parish. We had CHIRP, uh, which most people know about, and it was about 2006. And um, there was a woman in my CHIRP group. Her name is Jenny. She was ama- She is amazing. And she was going to abortion clinics and praying outside of abortion clinics. And I was like, whoa, that is so weird. Like, what? Who does that? I don't know anything about that. Like, what? And so she was a little bit older than me. But anyway, um, she decided to do this thing called 40 Days for Life campaign. And so I was like, when it was new, you know, and I was like, well, all our Chirp sisters, if Jenny's going to do this, we're going to go to the sidewalk and we're going to pray. So Jenny was going to meet all of us to pray for whatever hour we came each week to, you know, show up. And so I went down there and I prayed with Jenny for that hour. And I was like, oh, my gosh, this is really important work Mm. and you show up you know where that destruction is happening and maybe you can make a difference and save a life and so um that just sort of started spurring it a little bit but i was never a jenny i did not talk to people i prayed for my hour i went home and um, when i moved here to georgia i looked up 40 days for life and um to my surprise, there were four of them going on at the time, the year I moved here in 2013. And um, I was like, well, we'll just see which one needs more prayer warriors come to look at the places. None of them had people signed up. And I was like, what? Where are all the people praying at these hours? So I decided to go to two different locations and pray for you know a couple hours each week. And then I was like, I'm the only one there. And I'm like, mm. I don't even know what to say to these people. Like, what can I do to save a baby? So then I just got training and I learned what to say and I... Um, you know, mm. just began trying to offer that hope and help there on the sidewalk. So yeah. it all started because I think God knew more babies need to be saved in Georgia than yeah. Kentucky because we only had one abortion <laughs> clinic and y'all got 16 of them here. That's all I got to say. Like, woo, it was a it was a, a much different situation. So yeah. many, many prayer warriors are needed on the sidewalk. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty amazing, though, that we got 16 of them, right? Oh, yeah. Don't even get me started. Mm. <laughs> it's, it's mm. bad. I have a question with, with, it's kind of interesting, Kathy, because it's funny, my my daughter and I were having a conversation, and it had to do with um, marriage, because she's young enough thinking about getting married, natural family planning, and, you know, why do I want to get pregnant, and, you know, what about birth control, and all these things, and literally right after our conversation, she got a TikTok from a woman that said, it's time to tell you the truth. There's a window of time you can get pregnant. It's only during this window of time. These other people have been pushing uh, um, birth control agents on you that are that are dangerous. They're not going to help you. And, I mean, she went through this litany of things personal. Like, here's what I've experienced in my life based on these lies. And that's why my opening prayer was all about the truth, because I've got to believe in the years you've been doing this, you've encountered a number of truths that we've been told that really are not truth what is it that you can tell us with your number of years you've done this that most people don't even understand about this and potentially maybe what are the lies embedded in that sure um well i think kind of to your point about birth control i will tell you these people i talk to on the sidewalk they'll all say we were using birth control we were being responsible and the thing is our culture has separated the sexual act from children because Mm. they think they're all safe because they're not you know they're using birth control nothing should happen and so they're shocked when 
the very thing that creates a child, they create a child, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, so I think that's the biggest thing is people think I'm safe, I'm safe, I'm safe. You can still be in an unplanned pregnancy when you're having quote safe sex, you know? And so most of these people show up there and they're mad, you know, they, they've been using these, these, you know, different forms of contraception and now they're in an unplanned pregnancy and they don't want the baby, you know, they don't want it. And so, um, you know, I think one of the things that, um, you know, we say a lot on the side people wouldn't really understand unless they, like Maury said, come there and watch and see what happens. But, um, When we go to that sidewalk, we're not there to judge. We're there to help them. And we even have signs that say we're here to help, not to judge. You know, we will help you, you know, and we just really try to come alongside people. And as we're able to engage people to be able to say, you know, like she called this the choice to choose life. And, you know, one of the things we try to say is, you know, the choice is a choice is deciding between two things. And you do have that option to choose life or choose death and you know either way your life is not going to be the same but you know you're on this path and you got pregnant you think you can just take out the baby and just go on like nothing ever happened no you're at a crossroads you're going to choose life or you're going to choose death and either way your life will not be the same and you know uh, you know if they're believers we can bring in like deuteronomy 30 19 and forward talks about you know today i said before you life and death blessings and curses choose life that it may go well for you and you and your descendants may live to an old age and so what we're doing out there is really just be bringing Christ's love and light to a very dark place. And so um, if if people were to come to us the sidewalk, I think they'd also be very surprised to see the variety of cars there. We have a ton of very poor cars that come in there. You know, most people probably don't know that like 73% of women say they, they chose abortion because of financial reasons. So we do see a lot of poor vehicles come in. Um, and we also see, you know, the very rich vehicles come in. And one of the things we talk about, uh, I think for people to realize that this whole culture for 50 years almost now has grown up with abortion. Mm. It is normal to them. Mm. It's, it doesn't seem like a choice. You just do abortion because it's your body, your choice. Like it's not a child. It's a, it's a, you know, piece of tissue, even though science has shown us it's not for some time. And so these people are really hardened to abortion. Mm. It's very difficult to soften someone's hearts. But what I will tell you is the ones we soften are the poor ones. Mm. I'm going to be honest with you. And I think part of that is because sometimes those that have higher means, they're used to setting goals and achieving things and nothing takes them off their path. I think sometimes people of lower socioeconomic path, they might be used to things not working out quite like they thought in like go in a different way. And so they're more open Mm. to letting their path be interrupted with this child or Mm. to to let something unexpected happen in their life different than they thought. And so I think those are some of the assumptions that people think that they understand what's happening there and why people do this. And, um, you know, I'd say it's just such a variety of of reasons um, why they show up there. Yeah. You know, and I think one of the things that you've told me before, and you kind of said, you said, you know, they're angry, so they don't want the baby. Well, at the beginning, they don't think they want the baby. But ultimately, it's not that they don't want the baby. It's it's that they don't feel like they have the the hope mm-hmm. of being able to support a child. Like you said, 73% say they would not have aborted or that the reason they're choosing abortion is because of financial need. Right. Yeah. 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 And you know, one of the things when we're able to talk to people too, and I think this is something the average Joe wouldn't know is that 85% of women regret their abortion, Mm -hmm. men and women regret their lost parenthood. And so um, in that same survey, like the very next question, ask those mothers, 
what could have changed your mind? What could have helped you choose life? And 74% of them all said a version of the same thing. They said they needed somebody to believe in me and they needed somebody to help them. Mm. And so that's what we offer out there. We come alongside these people and we believe in her when her family doesn't. Mm -hmm. We come alongside her. And so it's a lot of just kind of getting involved in um, their life and their story and, um, you know, trying to help them, um, you know, be able to parent if that's their choice. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Can I interrupt real quickly? Sure. No, because I think I think what you just said is staggering because I'm not it deep in it like you are, and I've heard the lies. If I heard you right, 85% of the women that have abortions regret it. That's not the narrative that we hear. And then 74% say had somebody believed in them, had somebody come alongside of them. I mean, yeah. like – we, we, we've abandoned people. Exactly. Everybody says, well, you pro-lifers don't care about the child. Well, the reality is not only do we care about the child with the work you're doing, but we're saying we care about this poor woman exactly. that is yeah. saying, I have a major regret here, but yet it's the 15% we keep hearing from <clears throat> it's true. that say, you guys are terrible. This is no big deal, blah, 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 blah. That's amazing, man. I'm glad you brought that stat out. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and I wonder if that 15% is also a louder 15% mm-hmm. because they are hurting so much. Mm-hmm. You know, anger is not a primary emotion. Um, fear and hurt are behind that. And, you know, I wonder how much of it. I've stood on the sidewalk with Kathy and had people yell from their cars. And oftentimes I think, you know, I wonder if they had an abortion. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, they'll say it, you know. That, sometimes. Yeah. And sometimes they will. Um, right. Kathy, and it's interesting as I've stood next to you. You just said, enter into their story. And I've heard you say that. I've heard you say, honey, come tell me your story. Let's just talk about your story. And what's so beautiful about that is so many times nobody's asked them their story. Nobody's asked them what's going on in their life. And, and, you know, and I've heard you say, let tell me your stories. Let's talk about what's going on. And let's see where God can can enter into your story and and help you. You know, we can walk alongside you. And it's just so absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And I think one of the other things people might be surprised to know is that 74%, so three-fourths of women who come for abortions said they felt pressured to do this by someone or, Mm. you know, their circumstances or a person. And so really when you think about a woman's heart, it's really not in our DNA to take the life of our child. Mm. So, you know, if they're coming there, they are desperate. They tend to be. There's a, a... a national public radio speaker and writer. Um, her name is Frederica Matthews Green, and she has this famous quote that I like that says, no one wants an abortion as she wants an ice cream cone or a Porsche. She wants an abortion as an animal caught in a trap, wants to gnaw off its leg. Abortion is not a sign that women are free, but a sign that they are desperate. Mm-hmm. And I would agree with that. You know, I would definitely agree with that. And you've seen hundreds and hundreds of women. So you are speaking from experience. You're not just speaking from some emotional um, uh, thought or or, um, ideology or something like that. You're speaking. You know, the other thing, those of us who don't have the experience you do, we say, how do we respond back to some of the things that we hear? A lot of the pro-abortion people kind of have these 
talking points they've been trained to speak on. And I know one of the things that you did that's really helpful for us and for our listeners to understand or to know about is that you actually, you and several other uh, other people created dozens of talking points. They're called Pro-Life Minutes for the Quest. And some of you listeners may have heard them from time to time here on the Quest, the Pro-Life Minutes. Um, But we also have a link to those. So we'll put those in our show notes. We'll have a a link to those Pro-Life Minutes. And it'll give you the topic and whatever the the topic issue, the issue of the topic is, and then you can, um, and then if you click on it, it gives you a whole bunch of information on how you can respond to it and the facts behind how you can counter that lie. Dave, you, our producer Dave, looks like he's got a thought around that. I, well, I just wanted to say that uh, what I'm going to do when we take our break at the bottom of the hour, I'm going to put one of those pro-life minutes in. Ah, oh, perfect. Great. So you guys can actually hear one. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Dave. Yeah, yeah. And they're so helpful. Dave is so good. Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's terrific. And, you know, one of the things that we'll say about the pressure is, you know, you do see you know, many of these people will bring, you know, the boyfriend and they're both there together. And, you know, often if I get a chance to, um, you know, sometimes the boyfriend goes back and sits in the car and she has to walk back out to put her purse away or whatever. And I'll say to her, I'll say, look, honey, if your boyfriend brought you here to abort this baby, he's not a good guy. And I said, let's dump the boyfriend, not the baby, you know, and sometimes when you get a little humor in there, they kind of can kind of chuckle and like, yeah, but I'm like, come on, we will help you. Like, you don't need that guy. Like we can do this together and stuff. So um, the pressure is there from many different angles for sure. Well, I think it's interesting, too, because, you know, we can't all tend to judge. You know, we can say, oh, those are terrible people for doing this or that. But, I mean, you are shedding light on the brokenness, the hurting, that people show up to make these decisions. Look, there's always going to be those people that are like, I really don't care. But even in that, like Mari said, the anger, whatever else, there's a deep-seated hurt and a brokenness that, I mean, has become so apparent in our society today, how many people are truly hurting. Um, I just love the fact that, in essence, you're being Christ, right? You're being that image of Jesus that they may never see, and it's the only thing that's going to change their life is love, not judgment. Let me put my arms around you. Let me help you. Let me love you. So God bless you for the work you're doing there because – Wow, what a beautiful thing to save a baby whenever you can. One is more important than, you know, none. So nice job. Mm -hmm. So listeners, if you are just tuning in, you are here with us in the family room. We are talking with pro-life advocate and um, crusader, Kathy Schneider, and we're talking about there is a choice to choose life and what are the the ways we can support women who do do that. So, Craig, I know you had a a question you were about to ask Kathy. Yeah, no, um, that's great because we've been talking about all the work you've been doing, and we love practicality. We like to hear actual things. So do you have any encouraging stories of women or even couples that you've run into that have met you on the sidewalk and chosen life and maybe how that choice positively changed their life? Yes, absolutely. So, um there's a lot of them, praise God. Um, all glory to God. Um, one that comes to mind when you say that, we had a, <clears throat> we see this often, um, a mother comes with her daughter to abort their her grandchild. And it's heartbreaking because I am a grandmother. And so I've watched these women who are my age or older go in and take their young girls, sometimes very young, in there. And so um, there was a woman uh, going to take her young daughter in, and I 
had been calling out to her multiple times. And, you know, they make several trips back and forth to the car. And so I said, one of the last times as she went in and the door was closing, and I said, honey, like, grandmas who bring their daughter to grant their abort their grandchild honey they they just regret it later i don't want you to have to live with that and so she said <clears throat> she went in to fill out the paperwork and um she said like three different pens wouldn't work <clears throat> she said i kept trying and she said somebody else to just use this pen i couldn't get it to work and she said the whole time i'm thinking i'm gonna later regret it i might later regret it you know or whatever and so um she ends up, you know, deciding she's not meant to sign these papers. She's not going to do it. They come back out. And her daughter turns out 15, very wow. young, very young. <clears throat> so I'm able to talk with her about the more likelihood that she is to have, um, you know, much more difficulty. Girls who are 18 and under when they have abortions are more likely to kill themselves, self-harm, have eating disorders. Like, it's a deep wound on any woman's heart. But the younger, it's much harder for them to absorb this. And so I was telling her what a good thing and not breaking this, you know, mother-daughter bond. Because many times the daughter will later resent mm. her mother for not helping her choose life. And so, um, you know, we're going to, you know, walk this journey with them. We'll fast forward. Um, um, almost a year later, I have another grandmother coming to bring her 15 year old daughter oh, wow. and so i reached out to this mom and i said hey honey i've been talking to this woman and she told me kathy you need me to talk to somebody i will talk to them so i called this mom because you said, keep a relationship going oh with yes these women. oh yes we helped her welcome that baby we got everything she needed they're doing great the baby had just learned to walk i mean she'll facetime me like these moms like we got we got relationships and so she um you know she said anytime you need me so she um talks to this woman she talks to this other grandma about and she said look when i I open the door from work and she comes toddling with her arms up. She said, you know, I welcome the joy of my life. Just like Kathy said, it was going to be the joy mm -hmm. of my life. And mm -hmm. she said, I don't want you to have that same, you know, I don't want you to have to live with this hole in your heart, like wondering, you know, and stuff. And so she did a great job as she calls it, paying it forward, you know? <laughs> and so we've had a couple of those. And I think those are beautiful stories. I have one couple that was having marital trouble and we, um, were able to get them some marital counseling. They're still together. And at the time she was, um, still pregnant and they were doing well stable and um he calls me one day and i you know i'm always talking to the girls not the guy and i'm like oh maybe she's in labor but it's way early what's he calling me for and he's like kathy you know it's john and i was like what's up honey you know what's the matter and he's like i'm at work and there's a girl crying in the break room and like she just i talked to her and she's gonna have an abortion and i said you got to talk to this lady kathy and oh. i want to pay it forward can you please try to save her baby oh and so like here's this guy calling me from work because this girl's got an appointment for abortion march that she told me she would talk to you and so that afternoon i drove to podunk junction and met this girl and we talked to her for some time and she didn't go through with it and her baby's now born and so this so we've had a, several of those like pay it forward which are beautiful so i love those hey hey murray yes you see how big kathy's family room is <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's pretty We're sweet talking, talking about the family room with our my little compact family now you're FaceTiming people, saving people's. I mean, your family room's like as big as the Basilica. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. I'm, I'm Aunt Kathy to a lot of people, praise God. Like, they, it's very special relationships. And, yeah. It but is so amazing. I'm going to tell you, and I apologize for interrupting, but what excited me is I taught a PSR class a lot of years ago when I was much, much, much younger, and this whole idea came up. And, of course, one of the biggest taglines of abortion is, is well, what about rape? And I had a girl in my class whose older sister was raped and kept the baby. And all the family said, what a blessing. Yes. What a blessing yes. that child was to this girl in particular. Yes. You know, again, 
take all the other, well, it's not the baby's fault out of it. They gave the baby a chance, and the baby has helped the entire family out. So I can, I can see where yes. when God intervenes, yes. everything changes. And most couples, again, something for people to know, most people, 80, I think it's like 87% of people who become pregnant because of, of rape actually either choose to parent or make an adoption plan. They do not abort. Mm. And when you've had this horrible thing, like rape happened to you, a violent thing to you, a completely innocent person, and then you do this violent thing to another completely innocent person, it does not help for you from this horrible thing that's happened. Mm. So you actually do much better for your whole physically, emotionally, spiritually, if you're able to parent or give a life to that baby. And most people do. And that's, uh, I encourage people to go to save the one, just number one, look that organization up and they have all these stories of women who are, um, they, uh, you know, chose life and people who I'm a product of rape. I'm glad I got to be born. I love my life. And so I encourage you to look that up and be able to be advocates for those people as well. And we've had a number of those people come to the abortion clinic. We had a woman who was raped by coyotes coming illegally across the border from Mexico. Two of them. One of them was sex trafficked after she got here. We were able to get her away from this gentleman. And mm-hmm. she made an adoption plan for that baby. And that family is so happy to have that baby. And she didn't have that regret of abortion. And then also another woman who was raped coming to meet her boyfriend here in the States. And she comes here and then she gets is pregnant from these coyotes. And he says, you know, we get to talk to him and he helps her choose life. And they're parenting this baby. And it's the mm. most beautiful baby you've ever seen. I mean, she should be a model for the Gerber baby contest. I mean, like, I'm like, she is fabulous. So, and they love her to pieces. You know, people don't see, quote, the the rapist when they see that baby. It is a baby they love so much. So go to Save the One. Look that up. Oh, that's amazing. So Kathy, when we come back from break, we're going to talk about some of the different ways that you really step in and help um, you help just be on the sidewalk, right? And we've already heard of some of the things that you're doing, but people want to understand how they can get involved in offering hope and encouragement and some of the ways that, that you help walk into people's lives. Because I've heard the stories and I've heard how people say, Kathy's actually a better friend than any of my other friends I've ever had because of how she steps into my life and becomes a part of my life. And, and there are women who need that. They need that so much. So Kathy, before we head to break, we've got about a minute. We on the family room always ask our guests their favorite family room memory. So what do you have as a favorite family room memory from your life that you'd like to share with us? Uh, thanks. So um, on Saturdays, we always went to the vigil mass. And um, after dinner, we would watch Hee Haw together <laughs> in the family room. My dad thought it was hilarious. My mom, eh. But you, she laughed some, but my dad thought he loved that show. And we'd have a bottle of Coke. I can still remember those cold Dr. Pepper. I'd have the cold glass bottle. And that was like a big deal. We had a soft drink once a week on Saturday and watched Hee Haw after mass. <laughs> Oh yeah, it was a good life. <laughs> That's great, and I can tell we've become you become more Georgia because you called a soft drink a Coke for a second. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> You're right. It's true. Even though it was a Dr Pepper. Exactly. <laughs> oh, awesome. So, listeners, please join us back in the family room in just a few minutes. We'll be right back inside the family room in moments. Sponsored by Versprite on the Quest. In today's world, cybersecurity is critical for your business. Award-winning Versprite provides solutions to protect your company from hackers. For protection now, see Versprite.com. That's V-E-R-Sprite.com. The Quest thanks Versprite for their support. The Quest presents Pro-Life Minutes. 
Healthcare providers should care about health, right? Why then has Planned Parenthood's actual women's healthcare services dropped over 72% in the last 10 years? Abortion is not healthcare. Abortion kills. Planned Parenthood is the largest abortion provider in the United States with 700 abortion facilities. And in the 2019 fiscal year, they ended 345,672 innocent American lives. This is an increase of 13,000 in the last year and 25,000 over the last two years. To put that in context, that is about half the population of Washington, D.C. Why then does the United States government continue to send the millions of taxpayer dollars in funding and grants year after year? If we don't stop them, no one will. Let's love God by loving life. Show the world that every life matters by speaking up for life at every opportunity. For more homegrown wisdom, visit thequestatlanta.com. Here at The Quest, we often hear how our programs touch hearts and change lives. Now more than ever, people need to hear the truth and beauty of the Catholic faith. As a 100% listener-supported station, The Quest relies on monthly donations to stay on the air. Please consider making a monthly donation to The Quest and help us continue to provide inspiring Catholic programming. Monthly donors are the lifeblood of the station. Visit thequestatlanta.com to donate. Thank you for your support. Hi, this is AJ with The Quest. Did you know that we are on a mission to invite, inform, and inspire listeners like you? We want you to embrace your journey and take one step closer to God by not only listening, but engaging with us. In fact, we could use your help with making this vision a reality. I ask you to prayerfully consider joining us as a missionary to help with volunteer tasks at our studio in Roswell, Georgia. If you feel called to help and would like to learn more, please send us an email at info at thequestatlanta.com. Does your parish, charitable organization, or ministry have an upcoming event that you'd like to promote? Advertise it on AM 1160, the Quest Community Calendar. It's easy and there's never a fee. Just visit thequestatlanta.com, click on events, and submit your activity or event. Enhance the success of your community outreach event. Take advantage of the Quest Atlanta's complimentary community calendar and gain more exposure to the Metro Faith community. Submit your event at thequestatlanta.com today. St. Joseph was a man of few words. In fact, not a single word of his was recorded in Scripture. But the Father of Jesus spoke abundantly in his silence, and he certainly gave us a lot to talk about. Want to go deeper? Listen to the St. Joseph series on your Quest app and on thequestatlanta.com. Welcome back to The Family Room, sponsored by Versprite on AM 1160, The Quest. We are here with Kathy Schneider, and we are talking about the choice to choose life. Before the break, Kathy was sharing with us so many of the encouraging stories of women and couples that she's met on the sidewalks, and um, they did they have chosen life, and Kathy and, and many of her other pro-life um, warriors and advocates have stepped into their lives in just amazingly meaningful ways. You know, sometimes in the pro-life movement were attacked for only being what they call pro-birth, right? That we don't care about them once that baby has um, been saved on the sidewalk. But that is not the case at all. You've always often explained to me that once a woman chooses life, that's when the real work begins. Um, what are some of the ways that you step into these ladies' lives? It's amazing the, the variety of ways that you do that. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. So again, you mentioned earlier getting to know their story. So we kind of yeah. see what's going on. And here's the thing, like, when they're showing up to abort their child, there is some instability. There is some crisis. There is something in their life that has led them to 
to believe that this is the best option, mm-hmm. right? That this seems like the solution. So what's going on that makes this so unstable? What is the big unstable thing? And sometimes it's housing. Um, I know we had one woman who it was going to be her sixth baby, and she only had two of her children with her. She was living on someone's couch. Her kids were farmed out. And she's like, how can I welcome this baby? I don't even have my kids together under one roof. Like, my life is a mess, you know, whatever. And I said, we'll, we'll help you. We'll get your kids back together. We're going to find you a place. Like, you know, and she was trying, just starting to, like, make a little turn in her life, and then she got pregnant. And she was like, this is, I was just starting to kind of get stuff back together and almost going to be doing these things. And so we were able to help her with housing and everything she needed to move her into a place and stuff. And so, how many years have you been in her life now? Her baby's not that old. That oh, one's that a was, recent one. I was going to say, I know of many, another one. Oh, yeah. yes, many for uh, many years. One of our couples got married a few years ago. Yeah. That's great. And that was pretty sweet. So we also <laughs> decorated a hall. We made a wedding cake. Uh, that was pretty awesome. So, um, And one of our other moms that just recently, we just had her baby shower a few weeks ago, um, she's now engaged. Aww. And so we might be doing another wedding. Uh, so so yeah, so those are awesome. But again, just looking at what their story is. So like, you know, we have contacts with jobs. We help people with resumes. We even stuff like, okay, just imagine this. If you're a mom with a bunch of children, you're trying to fill out Section 8 housing. You're trying to do it on your cell phone. And if if you fill it, it's, first of all, it's 48 pages long, fill oh, wow. out that document. You mess up one little box, you get disqualified from the program because you didn't fill it out right, right? So if you can go over, bring your laptop, fill out it properly with her, at least she can have access to the programs, right? Wow. So that's so one of the ways you can help. It's simple things. Yeah. It doesn't have to be these, I mean, yes, we roll up our sleeves and we get involved in some deep stuff, but you don't have to. There's little ways, there's big ways, and we need all of it. Even just simple things like we have guys with trucks that help us, that guys that can do handyman things around the world. These women, they don't have anybody who can fix anything, you know? So most of them, single moms trying to do it on their own. So, you know, we've got a kind of a group of guys that, you know, will help. Oh, we had a washer that was broken. So we took it to the dump and we brought a new washer. You know, I, I was telling Mari that, you know, that one woman's like, Kathy, I've, I've had friends for 20 years that don't help me like you do. Like, you know, it's it's just coming alongside people and kind of being that brother or sister in Christ, like what you would do for your sister or sister-in-law or brother or sister who needed a hand. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of it is advocating for them because I will say, for instance, I was telling Maury, we had a family with some mold in their apartment and they'd been complaining for months and no one was listening to them. And they have five children in the roof. Two of them are little babies. And so, you know, we're getting involved in that. We called the apartment complex and I said, you know, hello, I'm from the church. And surely, you know, that she has all these children and let's, you know, and the next thing you know, they're taking pictures of the mold and they're going to try to figure out what to do. So when you go into people's lives, sometimes that we can get stuff done that they have not been able to get done, that they just get ignored because they just can be ignored. Sometimes Mm. they can be ignored. And so we're able to advocate and get them in uh, better places. So actually being aware of the neighbors around us Mm. helps us to help other people. (laughs) Amazing how when we get out of our COVID mindsets of I'm going to hide behind a TV, screw a computer screen or whatever to get to engage people, Right. Well, and I know you see when we entered, you know, you talked about that everybody listening may be part of a monumental reversal of a very poor decision uh, in the potential or eventual reversal of Roe versus Wade. What should we really understand about the reversal, though? I mean, what what's it's a good, really good question. It's an important question. And I think the most important thing that everybody needs to understand is abortion is not going away. 
we will still have abortion in this state and the other states. Um, Here's the thing. You know, in Georgia, we're kind of a little bit of an unknown. People are not exactly sure what's going to happen because we do have the wonderful heartbeat bill. And as soon as that heartbeat's detected, which is around six weeks, you cannot have an abortion in Georgia. And that law was pending versus this Dobbs-Jackson thing. So we don't know if it's going to go straight to the heartbeat law or if they're just going to revert back to the states, which is what's supposed to happen. You go back to your state law. Well, our current state law most people would be surprised to know is that it's 20 weeks pain capable you're not supposed to have abortions after that however every late-term abortion facility in um, georgia actually will say 22 weeks and six days into the 23rd week why they're allowed to break that law i have no idea but it's part of what goes on everywhere is that you your law is only as good as the enforcement so you can write all the laws you want and if nobody's going to notice and they're going to turn their head and look the other way and even to this day you know 22 weeks and six days we have women going in there very big baby bumps we don't know if they're really important to 26 28 because nobody's checking it's mm. just like i encourage you if um, listeners if you've not ever seen the movie gosnell or if you're a reader you can read the book it's uh, awesome and it's about the true an abortionist in philadelphia and what was happening there and they were looking the other way i feel certain those things are happening here because our laws even as they are on the books are not enforced so that's the first thing i want people to know is that we're still going to have abortion here in georgia it's just six or 15 weeks um because if it went to the um, Dobbs decision, then it's 15 weeks across. Um, back, it would go back to that, which would be 15 weeks the state could do. So um, the interesting thing, what I want people to know is even at 15 weeks, y'all, the United States is still one of the most liberal abortion laws in the entire country at 15 weeks, which we've been aborting into the third trimester, especially here in Georgia. And so people don't realize that that. 15 weeks is less restrictive abortion laws than are currently on the books in Denmark, France, Germany, almost every other European country. Like as our abortion law stands in Georgia, the only few places that have similar laws are China and North Korea. That's how Georgia, that's where we stand. Yeah. Thank you for bringing that up because I was going to ask you that. Most people don't realize. They don't realize this is most people don't let you it after 12 weeks. Most other, you know, these Denmark, France, Germany, 12 weeks, you don't do it. And we're going to, oh, be so restrictive and go to 15. It's like good grief, people like this is still a really big baby. I mean, it's almost as big as your hand, a woman's hand, not a man's hand. But, you know, I mean, without the legs. But, you know, it's still a really good size baby. So it's yeah. I mean, let that let that sink in too, right? The two countries that forced abortions and did all these things, and we're right along with them. Exactly. Here in Georgia, under I've heard you say, Kathy, that Georgia is actually a destination destination state. Yes. We don't want to be known as a destination state for yes. abortion. Yes. And listeners, please understand what I say by that. In the South, okay, we have the most liberal abortion law of all surrounding states. So Texas, Alabama, Tennessee, South Carolina, North Carolina. They come here for abortions because we abort later and we abort cheaper than all surrounding states. And so it's so sad. And now, of course, we're seeing Texas come across and we have Louisiana come. I mean, those are far drives, people, Um, but they'll come because we're later and you can get it done cheaper here. Um, It's it's a very sad state. Um, Yeah. Well, I don't want to digress from this, this topic, but, you know, quite honestly, there would be no abortions. If we converted our hearts and Amen. really had a relationship with Christ, and I mean that's, that's what the family room's about. That's what saving marriage is about. Bringing Christ back into our society, 
and having people choose life, like you said. So what you're doing is exactly that. You're reintroducing people to Christ. So thank you. And I think for us and our listeners, you know, pray, 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 Mm -hmm. and just love the people around you as best you can and bring Christ. And the abortions will go down because if we don't have abortions, there won't be any abortion clinics. There won't be any of these problems if people just said, you know what? We're having our babies. So yeah, right. let's keep loving Christ and getting close. Yeah, that's Absolutely. well said, Craig. You know, and you, it, you, what you're saying is also goes right along with what Archbishop Hartmeyer said um, during the Mass for the Unborn in January. His quote was, the culture of death must be replaced with a culture of life and love. And that's exactly what you're saying, Craig. Um, and then he also, he actually wrote a letter as well when, when the Supreme Court um, uh, document was leaked, when that draft was leaked, he, he wrote a letter and he said, the community, we must tell the young pregnant woman who's afraid um, that we love you and we will support you and that the work is only just beginning um, at this point because women and children will need help even more than before not only during pregnancy, but also throughout infancy and childhood. And Kathy, that's what you've said, and that's what your experience has been as well. And what are you seeing that I think is so important for us to know? If we are to step in, and like Craig, you said, we're we're going to step in and we're going to love, what are the things that we need to know according to your experience? And like you just said, abortion is not going away. But the research you've done, for example, with what's happened with Texas's bill and all, what are the needs going to be when um, – when and hopefully, like you said, by the time people are listening yes, to this, the, good Lord willing, it yes, will be overturned. It will be overturned. So um, I was looking closely into the Texas of uh, situation when they came with their t- their heartbeat law, and so one of the things that I thought was most interesting there that I didn't realize, I didn't f- expect to find, was that they said that it was close to eighty percent of the women who became pregnant did not look for out-of-state abortion. They just sort of accepted the law like, oh, it's illegal. I can't do it. Like, I'm just going to parent. And so um, so if you can imagine for us, so um, the most recent uh, abortion laws we have for Georgia are where 31,000 abortions were done. So if you consider around 80% of those women would now choose to parent, well, that's 24,800 women who need a little help. And so are we ready for that? You know, even the pregnancy centers, they said initially right after the um, law passed, they saw a 35 percent increase. And then, of course, Texas, when if, you know, this is overturned, they'll go to completely abortion free. They will have zero abortions. And so they um, expected, you know, it will explode again, the need at the pregnancy centers. And and here's the thing, you know, we have and we'll you know, we'll talk about this more, but um There are little ways and big ways to get involved. And it's even something as simple as, you know, getting a stash of diapers and having them at your parish and, um, you know, different things that you can do to walk alongside a mom who is in need. But you just have to know of the need. And so a lot of, um, you know, the the new initiative um, with Walking with Moms in Need is trying to say, you know, we're here. Catholic mm-hmm. Church, you know, we want to be here. Um, and I, I remember you saying that you recognize, okay, so if we had 28,000 babies, over 28,000 babies who are going, no, sorry, 24,000, yeah, yeah, almost 25,000 babies, right, who are going to be born, who otherwise would have been aborted before this. Exactly. That that these moms, moms end up, they do choose life after all. Um, they don't go drive someplace else or whatever. They do choose life, about 25,000 of them. They're going to need, we're going to need to 
beef up some of the resources that are available, right. whether it's housing, whether it's transportation, whatever it is, that as that they're just systems that are, as is a state. So, you know, if you've got a big, you know, listener, if you're out there and you've got a big sphere of influence, you know, recognizing some of that. I know, right. Kathy, you, you had some thoughts and you put some thought around that. Yes. And, you know, I think for us here, too, uh, you know, one of the things that we see is a need of just some more emergency housing. I'm like, any of you uh, people out there know those little strip little old motels can you like buy a couple and let's renovate them and make them some little places that we can put these moms for a few days because we come across this all the time and yes there are maternity homes but uh, you wouldn't know this but the laws for georgia first of all to open a maternity home are astronomical it's very a lot of hoops to jump through and then to get admitted to a maternity home Oh, my goodness. The requirements of all these things these women have to do, it's overwhelming. So they just can't even follow all mm. the boxes. And you have to have your Social Security card, your baby's Social Security card, your, your uh, you know, I mean, all these documents. They can't get them. They don't know where they are. They, they're living, you know, it's just crazy. So, you know, we kind of have a list of like, ooh, let's look at some lodging. Let's look at child care because these women have, you know, need help with more proper child care with being able to get it. And I will say, I told Maury, we do have great resources, so I don't want to say that we don't, but what I want to say is we see some holes, and yeah. we'd love to see if people could partner and maybe help fill these, because for us, housing is a big one. Transportation is a big one. A lot of these women um, need transportation in cars, and so we are looking, we have a car donation program where you can donate a car to a single mom, and uh, we work with this company to fix them up and different things, so there's a lot of things that people could do that uh, might be things in your house or uh, in your home, or maybe you have a basement, you'd say, you know what, I'd let you bring a woman in here and her baby and stay for a few days mm -hmm. till we could get something permanent, you know, so it's going to take us pitching in. And I do think I mean, the stuff I've seen in Georgia, these people are amazing here. I got to thank all of you. I mean, I've never seen such big hearts. I've asked people for some things that might seem a little crazy. <laughs> and they do it like they help me we do some crazy things. And so, you know, I told Mari, I said, we always say, oh, we're building the plane as we fly it. You you know, like it's like, oh, put this piece on, put this piece on, it's still in the air, yay. You know, so um, it's a, it's a, you know, it can be a deep dive with some of these people, but when you're able to get to the other side and you see what you've been able to provide and the families that's intact and that yeah. they don't have this look at their family picture and know there's somebody missing that should be there and, mm -hmm. and not to have this hole. So it's very uh, important for us to jump in and do little parts. Um, so um, we can talk about that as yeah. well. Yeah, definitely. Well, it sounds like you mentioned it earlier and I don't know anything about it. So forgive me listeners and forgive me, Kathy. You know, there's an archdiocesan initiative called Walking with Mothers in Need. Can you tell us a little bit more about what they're doing, number one? And number two, can you even expound a little bit more on the types and ways that you're walking with mothers in need? Because you covered a ton, but is there anything that you want to add to that? Sure, yeah. Um, so one of the things um, that about walking with moms in need, so as a Respect Life Coordinator every year from the USCCB, we get a theme, usually what the theme for the year is going to be. But we actually, in 2019, we got a program, an initiative, and it was called Walking with Moms in Need. And because of COVID, it kind of was a reset. And so one of the great things that um, that our bishop said is, hey, do you understand that we have 17,000 parishes in the United States and we're like really uniquely positioned 
to be a beacon of hope and help for moms that are pregnant and parenting. And so we want this to be at the parish level that people know they can come to the church when they're in need, whether they're parenting or in a crisis pregnancy kind of thing. And so, you know, years ago, I think it used to be people thought of the church, go to the church, go to the church, they'll help you. I think we've gotten away from that. And so they're trying to revert back to like, oh, my church will help you. And, you know, when you call and and somebody's like, oh, well, that doesn't fit this ministry, this ministry, you know, you fall through the cracks, right? But walking with moms in need is to kind of say, what's your story? What is it that you need? And how can we help you? So um, so we, we can talk more about um, how that um, is moving forward. Um, and one of the great things I have to give a great, um, you know, plug for our Archbishop Hartmeyer, he, to help this initiative um, come to fruition initially, he said, let me give you these signs that you can put outside your um, parish that say pregnant need help. You know, we're here to help you. And so I love that we, um, you know, we kind of we put our stake out like here we are. This is what we believe in before you even get to our parish. Here's a sign. We want to help people that are, you know, pregnant and parenting. And so if your parish didn't get a sign, you can still get one. They're totally free. And um, I think because of, you know, a lot of different dynamics, some of the parishes um, didn't get those. I think um, only 18 of our 102 parishes requested one of those free signs. So we need to change that. So there's your first thing. Call your priest and say, hey, we want that free sign from the archbishop. Can you <laughs> can you make sure we get that sign? You know, um, because we want to be that place that people think of to come when we need that hope and help for these moms. One of the things you've said, Kathy, so many times, as you said, we need more people, not more programs. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, we, we sure do. We, we sure do. That's funny. Yeah. We're, we're talking about a lot of things on the parish level, Kathy that is all about pushing things back to the parish. And so it's kind of funny the initiative is doing the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's catechesis of our kids is being pushed back down to the parents. And all the discussions you're having is, we've got enough programs, guys. We need people to walk in the footsteps of Christ. Exactly what we said earlier you're doing. Be Christ to those people. But I love the fact that, that folks, this is an archdiocesan initiative that our archbishop is standing behind. That's awesome. And we need to we need to be the voices in our parishes, like you said, Kathy, of saying, hey, pastor or hey, Monsignor, I really want to do this. And guess what? We may have to step up and take the ball and run with it ourselves, which now, Kathy, you're everybody's resource. So expect your family room to grow. Expect your phone number to see if you blow up. But um you know, you're the resource for people to figure out how we can save more lives. Absolutely. Yeah, and Kathy was kind enough to agree that we can put her contact information in our show notes because I think that walking with, with moms in need um, is kind of a big initiative, and there's a lot to it. And so I think people might be overwhelmed. So Kathy can can um, can help us, uh, help all of you walk through what could that look like and how could you put your toe in the water and get started? Because exactly. if they put a sign up right in front of their parish, it's like, okay, well, now what do I do? And I know one of the things you said is, have a baby, offer to have a baby shower, right? right. You know. Yes. So what are some of those other ways people could get involved, especially if they're just starting? Right. Um, so I think one of the first things is on our Archdiocese website, there are 18 parishes that say they have a Walking with Moms in Need program. So you should look and see if your parish is one of them listed. And so um, one of the things that we try to do when we find a mom at the sidewalk and we walk with her and get her set,
safe from, you know, being abortion vulnerable um, and she's stable and she's going to parent or make an adoption plan. We try to see what area she lives in and try to connect her with the parish in her area. Mm-hmm. And so um, one of the ways is we look at who has a walking with moms in need. And so it's really like being a sister and brother in Christ to her. That's what we're looking for. So kind of like we assign her to a couple of people who, you know, they kind of walk with her. They, they're her friends. They take her out for a sweet tea. They, you know, how's, how are you doing? Do you need maternity clothes? You know, Kathy has this stash of maternity clothes. You want me to bring you maternity clothes? Um, you know, that kind of thing. So, so go to your parish if you don't, if you aren't one of them listed and, and ask your priest, can we start a walking with moms in need at our parish? So that's the first step. Um, if you want, I, I have my email address um, on the show notes. You can email me and get added to my Respect Life distribution list. So you can see all the crazy things I put out there that I need for these moms. For instance, this is how crazy it gets. One time I had a mom who was raising Great Pyrenees on the side, breeding and trying to make a, a little extra money. So she, in the midst of this, she has a baby. These dogs have 13 or 18 puppies, something crazy. She's overwhelmed. She has two other kids. She's homeschooling them during COVID. It's craziness at her house. Put dog poo-poo everywhere. It's terrible. So <laughs> I said, we can't do this. These babies have to go. So I sent out an email and I say, hmm, who would take a puppy until she can sell it and hold it at your house? And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, no one in their life is going to help me. I have 18 puppies to get rid of. The next thing you know, this woman I didn't remember was a veterinarian says, Kathy, I have a kennel. I'm a veterinarian. They can all come here. I will take care of them until she sells them all Uh for free. I mean, like we have had so many things. So that's the kind of thing you see. Like I thought nobody's going to help or who's going to want to do this. And it worked. So like you can see those kind of normal requests or even, hey, well, you shepherd a dog for a while, right? Um, So one of the best things that you could do is come to a baby shower. If you have not come to a baby shower for a complete stranger, it is pretty awesome. (laughs) So come be the love of Christ to this sweet, sweet lady who chose life. And you would see those on the distribution list. And you would also see we do a diaper fund. Every mom gets $575 in there. That's considered a year of diapers and wipes. So you could contribute to diaper fund or you could send a regular gift but it's a beautiful way to come and love on these moms so um and that's really putting your money where your mouth is and your time where your mouth is as well yeah yeah and you even do meal trains for them so there's so many ways that you can practically help these moms and we will have all those ways and as well as the links to the upcoming um baby showers on our show notes and if you add if you go ahead and sign up with Kathy she'll put you on her distribution and how often might people see an email from you on that? Um, maybe once a week twice okay. a week yeah so it won't be overwhelming so that would be perfect Kathy oh my gosh Craig and I are, are just so overwhelmed with all the amazing opportunities that you have given today and just the hope and the encouragement that you have provided to us but obviously to all these these families who are so blessed to meet you every day. So would you close us in prayer? Yes, I would love that. Um, I brought the prayer card from the USCCB, um, which is the prayer that goes along with walking with moms in need. Um, so I'll use part of that. In the name of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Okay. Uh, Heavenly Father, I first just want to glorify you, adore you, praise you, and thank you for all the answer prayers that you have given us on the sidewalk. And all the women that we are walking with, may there be many more. And we give you glory for the overturning of Roe versus Wade's with the Dob uh, hearing. We thank you for that. And the prayer for pregnant mothers. Oh, blessed mother, you received the good news of the incarnation of Christ, your son, with faith and trust. Grant your protection to all pregnant mothers facing difficulties. Guide us as we strive to make our parish communities places of welcome and assistance for mothers in need. 
Help us become instruments of God's love and compassion. Mary, mother of the church, graciously help us build a culture of life and a civilization of love together with all people of goodwill to the praise and glory of God, the creator and lover of all life. Amen. Amen. The Father Amen. and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. That was great. Thanks so much for being here. You're welcome. My pleasure. Kathy, thank you for being here in the family room. And listeners, please join us again here next week in the family room where we offer hope, encouragement, truth, and wisdom for families. Thanks for hanging out with us in the family room, sponsored by Versprite. For more info, go to am1160thequest.com.